The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today we conclude our sermon on putting off anger. Anger truly is one of the biggest enemies of the child of God. Anger, wrath, and malice will cause the life of a child of God to be miserable and the lives of all those around him to be miserable as well. We hope you'll stay tuned for the message, but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.
let's think about this. What about the contagious nature of anger? First of all, anger can rub off on you. Over in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 24. In Proverbs 22 and 24, we read this. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. You see, when you go hanging around angry people, you tend to be an angry person. You know, I think that's one of the biggest problems with Facebook and social media today. There was a Chinese, the Chinese did a, I don't trust much from China, but there was a Chinese study recently that, that, that evaluated social media uh, posts, and the primary emotion expressed on social media was rage. It wasn't good things. It wasn't happiness and joy. I know you see the pictures of the babies and all that stuff, but primarily it's anger and rage, you see. And you know, one of the problems with social media today, I believe, is that it just exacerbates that because when I see somebody post something that's angry, maybe it's something about uh, the direction our country's going. Well, that's something that'll make you mad sometimes. But I see somebody post that on social media, then that just stirs me up and I want to get angry and I want to post something. And then what I post stirs somebody else up. And the next thing you know, you've got the snowball going there. The avalanche is coming. And, and you know... The Bible does, never tells us to, to get angry and, and, and post about our government. It says to pray for those that are in power. You know, I'm guilty as you are. I fuss about those that are in power. And we should certainly take a stand against those things that are ungodly. But beloved, we ought to be praying for them. You know, I don't care if you like Joe Biden or you hate Joe Biden. Every day your prayer ought to be for Joe Biden. He's our president. We ought to be praying for him. You may have hated Donald Trump. You may have loved Donald Trump. When he was president, you should have been praying for him every day. And you should be praying for all of those that have the rule over you. We should always be in prayer. We're not to be in rage and anger. That's not what we're to do. And that kind of thing will rub off upon, will rub off upon us. You know, over in 1 Corinthians 15, he tells us uh, that, uh, that evil communications corrupt good manners. And what he's talking about there is, hanging, again, hanging out with people that are doing ungodly things and talking in ungodly ways and thinking in ungodly ways will rub off on us. It will corrupt our good lifestyle. Young folks and older folks as well, when you're thinking about marriage or when you're thinking about a business, it doesn't just apply to marriage. He says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You say, well, that applies to marriage. Yes, it does. It does. It applies to marriage. You should, you should seek out someone who's a child of God, who is a believer in the truths of God's Word, and that's who you should marry, and not somebody else. Now, I'm going to change them. I'm going to convert them. I'm gonna... No, you're not going to do that. I'm not saying it's never happened. It could, but don't go through that minefield. What you need to do is seek out someone who believes, who is a believer, as it says here. But listen, it applies in business too. Don't go yoking up with some reprobate in some partnership in business. It'll bring you down, you see. It can rub off on you. But listen to this. You can rub off on others. See, anger's contagious both ways. Look with me over to James chapter 3. 
In James chapter 3 and verse 5, and now I know we're talking about the tongue here, but he's not talking about the tongue being used in a godly way. He's talking about the tongue spouting off in anger. He says, even so the tongue is a little member. This is James chapter 3 and verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. I don't have the time this morning to list all the times that my tongue has gotten me into trouble. I don't have time to go through all the situations in my 55, nearly 56 years of life that my tongue has kindled a fire that is burned out of control. Listen to this. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. You know, I may be thinking something ungodly, but you don't know about it until I speak it. <laughs> you know, I can at least hide it from you. Even the fool appears to be wise when he keeps his mouth shut. According, that's, a, that's a proverb, by the way. I didn't quote it exactly right, but that's a, that's a biblical principle. The type of tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. You know you got something in your mouth that's set on fire from hell. You've got something in your mouth that if you don't watch it, comes directly from the pit of hell. <laughs> that's, that's something, isn't it? And see, over in Proverbs 17 and verse 14, again, you can mark that. You don't have to turn there and read it. It's one of my favorite verses, though. You want to know one of the primary reasons we ought to control our tongue and not act in anger? The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. You know what that's talking about? I, I, when, I, when I was a kid, you know, sometimes I'd go to where there was a little stream and we'd like to build dams. You know, we'd build up a little dam and, you know, kind of block off the stream. But more than building up the dam, I like to break the dam, you know. <laughs> that was, that was something about kids just like destruction, you know. So, well, I would, I would sometimes, you know, be playing with army men and that sort of thing, these little plastic army men. And I'd set them up over here, and I'd have the little water dammed up just right. And I'd say, okay, now I'm going to break the dam right here, and it'll flow down and flow over these men over here, and it'll protect the good guys over here. But you know what happened just about every time? When I would break that dam, that water would go to places I never expected it to go. You can't control that water. You break that dam, you think it's going to go here, but then it ends up over here. Next thing you know, you're standing in mud. See, that's what he's talking about here. The beginning of strife is like when you let out water. When you go to break that dam, you don't know where it's going to end up. I've experienced that. I'm sure you have. I've experienced the times when I, I've acted in, 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 in anger and started a strife and it ended up in places I never expected it to go, you see. See, anger is contagious. Now, quickly, I just want to say this because I, I want to go to putting off anger, okay? There is a righteous nature to anger. You don't have to turn there, but over in Ephesians chapter 4, which is a counterpart to Colossians 3, Beginning there about verse 26, he says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. So there is a place to be angry about something, but not to sin. Primarily, I believe that's talking about control your anger. 
Don't spout off. Don't go hitting people. Don't go yelling at people. Don't go cussing people. Just control that anger, okay? Because if you don't and you let that, and also he says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That means let's deal with it quickly. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Don't let it keep festering. Don't let it keep building up. Because doing that, doing anything other than that, rather, is giving place to the devil. Okay? See, righteous anger can prompt you to action. Remember David, 1 Samuel 17, when he saw the Philistine. The Philistine was, was defying the God of Israel. It made him angry, and he, it prompted him to do something about it. Remember Moses, when he came down from the mountain and he saw the calf that had been built, that golden calf? It says Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mouth. And he began to set things right in, that, in the kingdom of God there. Remember Jesus. Jesus, first of all, in the third chapter of Mark, uh, he goes over there and he's, he heals a man who has a withered hand on on the Sabbath day, and when the Pharisees were objecting to that, he looked around and he got angry, it says. And then when the time came that they were to bring young children to him, that he should touch them, and those disciples rebuked those that brought them. It says, when Jesus saw that, he was much displeased. That's in Mark chapter 10. He was much displeased. That literally means he was moved with indignation and anger. And the most clear example, you can turn sometime over to John chapter 2, or it's actually in all the Gospels, where Jesus goes into the temple and he sees the money changers and the robbers and the thieves and the hypocrites, and he gets a scourge of cords, a whip, and he goes in there and runs them out, okay? I want you to notice something about each case of righteous anger. In each case where the anger was righteous, it wasn't a personal slight that caused the anger, but a slight against God. Amen. Now, that's an appropriate target for our anger, okay? And we still should respond in a certain way. But see, it wasn't that Jesus was offended for himself, even though he was God. I understand what I'm saying here. It's a little complicated when you're talking about Christ. It wasn't that somebody had walked up to Jesus and it slapped him in the face. It was that he saw that the worship of his father and himself, because he was God as well, was being done inappropriately. It wasn't that, that Goliath came up to David and called him a pipsqueak and said, you can't do anything about it. It was that Goliath was defying the God of Israel, you see. That's righteous anger. When we see things in the church that ought not to be there, when we see things happening uh, in, in the worship that ought not to be there. It's okay to get angry. It's still not okay to be jumping on each other. <laughs> but it's okay to be moved with indignation and say, I want to stand up for what God is in favor of. All right, now let's talk about putting off anger in the time we have left, okay? And remember, we're talking about anger and wrath and malice all together here. Dealing with anger is a learned response and how do we learn well we learn by looking and we learn by listening we learn by looking and we learn by listening and it's important to whom we look don't look to the world there's many models in the world of how not to express anger if we look to them we'll probably never be able to express our anger in proper god-honoring ways and it's also important to whom we listen 
God, you see, is great enough to help us in our response to anger. His word, first of all, contains all that we need for instruction. Remember 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse 16. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This is a thorough furnisher. You will find the answers to even anger in your life in the word of God. And secondly, remember this, that anger, dealing with anger is a choice. Now, I've used the excuse, I can't help it. I've just got a short temper. It's your fault, you push me. But let me tell you something, that's a false assertion. Dealing with anger is a choice. We can choose how to properly respond or not. Angry outbursts are a choice. It's not a can't help it situation, okay? You say, well, how do you, I just can't help it, preacher, I can't help Okay, think about, have you ever had a time like this? You ever had a situation where you were in the middle of just an angry tirade? You know, you were just mad about something. Maybe you were, maybe you were cussing. Maybe you were, maybe you were just, you know, letting it all out, okay? And, and the phone rings. And you're up there, and you're just gritting your teeth, and you're going in the phone, and you say, Chris McCool, can I help you? See? You can turn it off, right? You can turn it off when you want to. At least that's my experience. See, th think about this. I used to, we used to talk about this a lot when the kids were young. You know, we, especially when we were driving three hours to, to church. You know, and sometimes things get a little rowdy with four kids in the car. And, uh, you know, so we're driving up through Coleman and things are rough and we're driving up. You know, one time Mason had thought it was a good idea to get some jalapeno chips at one of the stops we made. So by the time we got another hour up the road, he was sick and let's just say that things did not go well. And even to the point where Sherry had to take him and get new clothes for him at, uh, at uh, Walmart. So, so by that time, I'm, so, I'm supposed to preach and I'm so stressed out. I'm driving, so we get about 15 minutes from church and say, okay i got to put on my church face now, <laughs> you know. See, how we respond to anger and stress is a choice, okay? So one thing we need to do is we need to, it's a learned response and it's a choice. We need to learn to be slowed to anger. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9 says, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. I don't want to be a fool to you. I don't like being called a fool. Being called a fool makes me angry. <laughs> it makes me more foolish. <laughs> See, the point is, that's acting like a fool. Proverbs 19 and verse 11, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. I'm certain that sometime in my life I've probably said something that offends you. I'm certain that, that you've said something that offends somebody else. But it is the discretion of a man to, to defer anger and it's a glory to pass over a transgression. You see what he's saying here? It's okay to not take offense at something that somebody says. Look with me back over in Ecclesiastes. This is one that got me many years ago. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 21. Listen to this. You know, so many times we take offense at what somebody says, right? Listen to this. Also, take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. 
Well, I don't think I would like that to hear my servant, somebody who works for me, or one of my friends, or one of my uh, co-workers curse me. That would make me angry, right? But listen to what he says. He said, don't listen to all words that are spoken. Because, you know, lest you hear your servant curse thee. Look at verse 22. For the oft times also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. You see, we're not in a special boat of saying, well, we never did anything wrong. We never said anything bad, you know. I'm sorry to admit it, even my best friends in this world, I probably said something bad about them sometime. But I hope they don't take offense. I hope they didn't hear it. <laughs> but if they heard it, I hope they don't take offense. And this is the point. Pass over that. Now look, don't say things to offend people. That's wrong too, okay? We'll talk, maybe we need to preach a, maybe a sermon on, on the tongue sometime and, and talking. That'd be a good one because I need it. So you need, to keep, you need to keep your mouth shut if you can't say something nice about somebody, okay? But don't take offense when people say things. That's what God says. He says it's the glory of a man to pass over a transgression, Okay? See, we can, we can learn this by being slow to anger. And we can learn this by learning more about God. Because isn't this God-like? Isn't this Christ-like? And isn't that what we're supposed to be? We're told in Psalm 103 and verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. God doesn't fly off the handle. If He did, we'd already be all dead, wouldn't we? <laughs> This country would be gone. God is long-suffering. We're told in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Speaking of His children there, you see. See, that again shows us, does it not, why it's so important to know the sovereign grace of God. Because, see, if you think it was... You know, God did all he could do, and then I closed the transaction. Then you might look around and say, well, it's up to you, too. You know, you got to do your part. God doesn't say anything about them doing their part. He says, you got to do your part. Forgive them like I forgave you. You see, because the way God forgave us is he didn't wait on us to get right. He didn't say, I'm going to do all I can do, and now you've got part of it to do, too. No, he just completely forgave us when we didn't deserve it. And you see, it's a choice also. Choose to think before you speak. Remember what we said from James chapter 1? He says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We ought to be listening at least twice as much as we speak, you see. Proverbs 13, 3 says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. That's tough on somebody like me that likes to talk a lot. <laughs> it's not so hard on my dear wife who kind of stays a little quieter. But, but you know, it's something we all ought to remember. Keep your mouth and you'll keep your life. Proverbs 29, 20. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. How we express our anger is a choice. It's something we can learn and then choose how to respond. And ultimately, we need to learn to seek God's help in anger. 
You say, preacher, what are you preaching to me this morning? That's tough. Because I'm one of those people that has a short fuse. Well, listen, if we all would be honest with ourselves, in our flesh, we all have a short fuse. That doesn't excuse us. That doesn't say, well, I'm just, God made me that way. No, God didn't make you that way. Adam did. God has made a new way. He's made a way where you can mortify your members. He's made a way where you can put off some of these things. So how do we seek God's help? Well, first of all, pray for his help. First Thessalonians, was it 517? Pray without ceasing, right? <laughs> Secondly, recognize the need for his help. Over in Proverbs chapter 17, look at this, verse 27, as we bring this down to a close. Proverbs 17 and verse 20, uh, 27. He that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Notice what he's talking about. He's not talking about just knowledge out there, but I think he's talking about knowledge inside of himself. He that hath knowledge, know when you're, knowing yourself, understanding yourself, knowing when you're getting angry. That's important. Recognize the need for God's help. And he says in verse 28, what I quoted earlier, even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. That's something that we can do in every situation. Did you know we never have to even open our mouths when we're angry? We can stay silent. We can stay silent. And then we need to forgive as God forgives. Now listen, this goes back to grace. And that's a lot of grace. And I know we need a lot of grace. I need a lot of grace. Listen in. Listen in Ephesians chapter 4, what he says, which I said earlier is the counterpart to chapter 3 of Colossians. He says in verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. See, we need to understand that God forgave us for Christ's sake when we were not forgivable, when we did not deserve it. And that's how we ought to forgive one another. You may not deserve my forgiveness, but I am, and I am obligated by God to forgive you, you see. And did I say pray for his help? <laughs> yeah. Already said that, right? We need to pray for peace, for joy, for love, for long-suffering. Those are the, the ninefold fruit of the Spirit that's listed in Galatians chapter 5. Seek to resolve the matter quickly. Don't let it fester. He said, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Child of God, he is there to help us with the problem of anger. We need to take advantage of his help in every way that we can. I hope this has been helpful to you this morning. I know that it was so hard for me to prepare this message just knowing the struggles that I have in my own life. But I hope it's helped me and will help me going forward to deal with these issues of life. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. 
If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.